6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. I'm Mike Flanagan. He's a professor of wildland fire at the University of Alberta. Hi, Mike. Welcome back to the show. Good afternoon, Jalen. Good to be with you. Yeah, it's good to be with you. What are you seeing so far with this uh, wildfire season that we've have uh, that we've been having, and what do you expect as things heat up here over the next week, week and a half? So this year's been a little bit below normal. Um, typically, May is our busiest month in Alberta. Alberta's a bit different than the rest of Canada, and this May was a bit cooler and wetter. But it's been warming up, and as you mentioned, the forecast is uh, hot and and dry, at least until the weekend. And so this is prime time for more fires. The the recipe for a wildfire is simple. You need three ingredients. Uh, The vegetation, the stuff that burns, we call it fuel. Second, ignition. People and lightning are Mm. the two common ones. And the third is hot, dry, windy weather. So we've got the last one. If we can get a handle on no more human-caused ignitions, that will be a great help. Uh, the fuel's drying out, and uh, so it's primed to go. Would that be ideal, though? But we know over and over again, what was it, I think, last year, that, what, 67 or 70% of the fires that were started in Alberta were human-caused? Yes. Usually it's close to 50-50 in Alberta and for Canada, but though it's seasonal. The ones in spring, like May, like I mentioned, mostly human caused some are are mostly lightning caused and for this hot spell we're not expecting too much lightning which is a good sign so if we get those human caused ignitions (laughs) down we'll be in good shape next week looks a little wetter so you know if we can just hang on and you know keep vigilant until next early next week we should be in good shape except for maybe the extreme northeast and the extreme southwest it looks like it's going to stay dry there Mm. for for longer periods mike flanagan joining me this afternoon i just want to cycle back to something you said off the top of our conversation i had mentioned that um that uh, across the country uh, wildfire season typically uh, hits its peak in july you said in alberta though that usually is in may why is it why is it may here and and not july like other places okay so you know think back okay 2011 slave lake uh-huh. may yeah 2016 fort mcmurray beginning yep. of may yeah 2019 <laughs> creek may so there's a couple of reasons why may is so busy in alberta one is there's a lot of activity in the forest and whether it's industrial activities or camping you know like we wait all winter to go camping mm-hmm. and then may we go camping and campfires etc cetera, etc cetera. and also the weather pattern sets up in may so we get those strong winds dry it may not be necessarily hot sometimes it is like fort mcmurray was record-breaking heat chuckie creek was hot but slave lake wasn't all that hot it was just dry and windy so the weather pattern set up in may in alberta f- to make it prime time. Uh, the rest of Canada, you're right, June, July, and BC's even August is very busy for them as well. So it's kind of seasonal. When it comes to predicting fire, Mike, what what uh, inroads have we made on that front? And in, in maybe saying, okay, well, you know, a couple weeks out, a couple months out, maybe even a year out, this is where trouble spots could be. Yeah, excellent question, Jalen. Um, so 
you know, weather forecasts, well, they good to about a week, more or less, okay? <laughs> so we have fire weather forecasts. So if we know where the extreme fire weather will be, then we can move resources there. And we have fire occurrence prediction models that tell us where to expect lightning-caused fires and human-caused fires just based on, for the human-caused fires, just based on history, where the campsites are, where the roads are. That's generally where the human-caused fires are. And what's really important here is that extremes drive the fire business. Uh, in Canada, 3% of the fires burn, 97% of the area burned. So, you know, like a Creek fire, the Fort McMurray fire, these were huge fires. Those are the problem fires. So if we can forecast those extreme conditions, now we're using artificial intelligence and machine learning to try and highlight those three days, five days in advance, and we're making inroads, but we still got some work to do. I was going to ask you about using AI and machine learning and if that was something that was, was being used now. Absolutely. It's, you know, anytime you have large volumes of data, machine learning, artificial intelligence, it's much better picking out patterns than we are, okay? So we have lots of data, whether it's weather data or fuel information, how what type of fuel, how dry it is, all important aspects of the fuel, then we're in better shape to say when and where to expect these extreme conditions. Um, we're also looking at seasonal forecasts. Um, they need more work. We're, we're much better at the, you know, up to five to ten day forecast. That's what we're focusing on right now. You said that there's still a long way to go when it comes to, um, you know, the predictability or, or not the predictable about being able to predict what more still has to be done. So I'm a weather guy and but the, the weather stuff's pretty good shape. As I mentioned, forecasts are good up to seven days. Our fuel information, you know, we have to know what type of fuel it is and things change. Um, you know, sometimes there's harvesting, sometimes there's a fire goes through. Sometimes uh, we need to know how dry that fuel is. And we have weather stations every 40 or 50 kilometers. But in the summer, you go, and like yesterday, I'm in Edmonton, and it was raining in one spot. I was on the road, and it was dry in another spot. You know, it, we have to see that finer spatial detail to see how dry the fuels are, or how much rain was received, and we're just not there yet. Mike, one more question for you here. Um, our communities, our municipalities, um, becoming more aware and doing a better job at at, at protecting their infrastructure from wildfires. I mean, I think, um, you know, Fort McMurray was an eye-opener for, for, for a lot of communities. Are we seeing municipalities since then um, making better choices when it comes to where subdivisions are going to go, what kind of trees are planted, all that sort of thing? I think we're making progress. And one area is human-caused ignitions. Canada-wide, they're dropping, and that's probably due to education, fire bans, and things like that. Communities, uh, building materials, community planning, programs like Fire Smart to help mm -hmm. communities and homeowners make their more resilient to wildfire. We can't fireproof our communities, but we can do things to make them more resilient. And we are making inroads. It, and it costs money. And 
Alberta, British Columbia, and other provinces are providing money to fire smart our communities. So these are uh, important steps forward. Mike, always appreciate uh, you making time for us on, on the show here this afternoon. Thank you for this. And um, as much as I like talking to you, I hope that we're not talking to you again this summer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year, Mike. Thank you. Take it easy. Okay. Cheers.